Welcome to The Rant. I'm your host, Herman James, and on today's episode, Jay Sandlin and I will be talking about comic book culture and graphic novels. Today's show is brought to you by GoDaddy. Buy your own domain name, build your site, or use any of GoDaddy's business tools and save 30% at www.trygodaddy.com forward slash the rant. All right, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate everyone uh, doing the sharing on iTunes. Uh, the comments have been actually really good. We've got up uh, a few of the reviews, so I really appreciate that. On uh, today's episode, Jay Sand and I are going to be talking a little bit about the uh, comic book world, seeing as we've got Endgame coming out, and I know nothing about this. How are you doing, Jay? Hey, Herman. Thanks for having me. This is Jay Sandlin. Host of the, well, obviously titled Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next. Yeah, try to recast me, bitches. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Sandlin underscore WHN, on Instagram and Facebook on Jay Sandlin Writer. You can also find me at jsandlin.com where you can find all the podcast episodes, resources for writers, and upcoming announcements on uh, book releases. The next being my debut graphic novel coming from Mad Cave Studios this winter. Nice. So you put oh, it's, every it's mini accomplishment nice. I have to shame right there. Like you, I am fully humbled within the first 30 seconds here. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. But uh, it's just a matter of doing what you love making it to where it's about the art. You, you love doing a podcast. So it's about the art of the podcast. It's about telling the people, you know, something to get them through the day. So we're all just trying to get more. through our days, right? I'm trying to every day, a little bit harder. <laughs> well, that's what she said. Ooh, well played. Well played. Unless well, she's with you, Herman. Yeah. Then she's, are, are, are you in yet? And I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Do you know what my intro and your love life have in common? What's that? Disappointment after 30 seconds. Ah, you see my last for 30 seconds. <laughs> well, hey, maybe on a good day. <laughs> Some days you might come up a little short, which wah, brings me to wah, my first question wah. for you, Herman. <laughs> Excuse me for uh, maybe taking the reins for a second, but uh, how means. tall are you? I'm six foot one. Yeah, all right. You're, you, you're past the cutoff then for, uh, but that's okay because I'll grant you now, since we're such great friends and uh, we love promoting each other's <laughs> fantastic shows, I will grant you a day pass into my home country of Shortlandia. Are you familiar? <laughs> I am not. I've heard the podcast for you. I hear you've got a, a special land here. Uh, tell me some more about it. So, well, Shortlandia is uh, my home country where I am chancellor and you're only allowed in if you're, you know, my height or shorter. And so, what's that height? Well, that's not important, Herman. <laughs> but what's important is that you are past the cutoff. Uh, that's where we also record what happens next. We all gather in, in the shed, and we, we pull out the tin cans. And, I never pull uh, out. You know, set, well, we set the tape recorders, <laughs> and uh, sometimes we let other people on the show. You know, The show is uh, – the, the purpose of what happens next is to feature professional writers – uh, providing not only writing advice and you know guidance and letting people know about their latest projects, but we do it through uh, playing improv games. Nice things that you would see on like whose line is it anyway, uh, or other uh, comedy clubs. We like to pay them play them based around comic books, movies like Endgame, like you were just discussing. Yeah, and uh, we have a we have a good time every uh, every Saturday. We drop new shows. Very nice. I, I did catch your most recent one on there. You guys are uh, pretty quick on the fly. You guys are pretty good at some of these ones here. You guys are uh, throwing out, they're not tokens. What, what do they get for prizes? Well, now they're not exactly prizes because everything we say on what happens next is a first draft and what you're referring to as the, the parsecs. There we See, go. The, par the parsecs don't matter. So since they don't matter, Herman... I'm going to grant you 1 million parsecs 
upon arrival in Shortlandia, when we let you through the fence and take your visitor's day pass, um, I mean, it, it's nice. only two buildings and a goat, but uh, <laughs> we, we are talking about getting Schlotzkis. Oh, that is great. Now, I had a little buffer there, so it sounded like you said bitch Lotkeys. And I yes, think that's Lotkeys. <laughs> bitch <laughs> Lotkeys, that's exactly where we're going. That's uh, what no. it sounds like. It's like a, a Russian Schlotskis. bitch pancake. Oh, Schlotkeys. Okay. The Russians. Oh, the Russians, <laughs> yes, because in Soviet Russia, sandwich eat you. <laughs> it probably would be her name, too. <laughs> Indeed. You guys have great games. You guys have a, a lot of fun over in uh, Shortlandia. I, I don't know if I could get down that low, but I, I can definitely sink down to lower levels. That's what I do. Well, you're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> I appreciate that. So you have a lot of background. You're well-established, well-knowledged, and well-spoken. Uh, I do appreciate that because I am none of those. I am accomplished in my own world, and I've got my own... Uh, ideas of what I am. And that, that's really important to me. And that's really it though. But I do have a weird context of growing up in a world, in an environment where people were into the comic book world that I was not. I liked what was on TV. I grew up watching the cartoons, things of that nature. And uh, I really heavy into like the X-Men as a kid and then really into the comic book card things. And that's where I really grew up knowing things and I, I really stopped after that and it really was because I just I wasn't good at sports and I tried to be the all-american boy and you can't be that and I feel these things have passed me by and they've come into being a new in chic thing so while I was out in college you know chasing tail and having a good time and now I've settled down now my knowledge base on things that are pop culture aren't the same anymore. So okay. you were able to get a diverse education. You have, I mean, you're, you're published, you're writing a graphic novel. I can't even draw a stick figure. Or I, I fail at hangman. I can't even do that little guy. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't draw now. I'm just a writer. Uh, I okay. find people who, who can draw. Uh, that's some of the things I, uh, that, you know, working with publishers does as well as, uh, create our own series. So if you're going to be a, a comic book writer or artist, the first thing you got to really do is decide what kind of content am I going to produce? And there's two ways to go about it. You can be an employee, which is called work for hire. And that's what I did on the uh, graphic novel I've got coming out. I was paid a wage. I worked based off an idea, a premise. Sometimes that premise might be very detailed. Sometimes it might be kind of vague. But the point is what you're doing is for the property of someone else. The other way to go is uh, creator-owned, which is a much more viable option now than it was even you know, when I was growing up or even five to ten years ago. You have the internet, you have multiple, you know, digital downloads for comics, uh, all of these sources that were just not there for before for comic book creators to get their own original creator owned work out there. And I'm working on creator owned projects myself. myself. Um, I've got one uh, or two that I'll be trying to get on some submissions um, this summer. Nice. And in doing so, I've been looking for publishers who are accepting creator-owned series. Uh, the most well-known of those would be probably Image Comics, which they were founded with the purpose of uh, publishing creator-owned series. And that's included some pretty amazing titles like Spawn. Uh, <laughs> there's a Deadly Class, which just finished season one on the Sci-Fi Channel. Fantastic show and comic. Uh, anything with Image Comics, Saga, that's another one. Um, if I could get a creator-owned series with Image, I'd, I'd be a pretty happy guy. So no I'm, I'm going to be trying it. But if you're going to be a creator-owned comics creator, you got to think about what you do well. If you're a writer like me, then you've got to think, where's my art coming from? And if you're an artist, vice versa. And once you find an artist, you've got to figure out what you can afford to pay them, figure out a budget. A lot of uh, comic book creators go on Kickstarter to create those budgets. 
So it's going to be some money that you put into it, and it's going to be maybe more frustrating because instead of just sitting back and writing like you would for a work-for-hire situation, you've got to think about what is, what it, what's the art going to finally look like. What, uh, what about the letterboxes? That's a big part of comics as well. And yeah. then how am I going to get it together, put it together for submissions? Are they going to ask me to make changes or are they even going to accept it? If I can't get anyone to accept it, do I put it out for myself or do I hang on to it? And maybe that investment that I made in it you know, doesn't pay off right away. There's a lot of unknown factors, but it's great to know what you're doing when you get into it in order to uh, adequately prepare and uh, on my website, uh, jsandlin.com, I'm going to be offering some resources, uh, many of them completely for free, for uh, people awesome. looking to break into comics at whatever level they're at. They're at. Nice. Now, when did you start doing this? Uh, when was your initial kind of uh, inception into writing comic books and kind of going that route where you realized this is something you wanted to actually focus in and, and have a concentration in? I mean, when I was five, I guess, and I sat and <laughs> I, I produced, you know, the most high-quality creator-owned series of all time when I was five fucking years old. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, Lightning Boy versus the Skullmaster. You know, literary masterpiece there where <laughs> Lightning Boy, you know, meets a dude with a skull head who was nothing like Skeletor, mind you. He was, I was about to say, that's, that's some He-Man shit right there. <laughs> no, it is quite legally distinct from Skeletor. <laughs> Skeletor, you know, Skeletor rolls up in the club with his, you know, nipples out and purple, you know, hood, and he's like, He-Man, would you like to join me to find the skeletons in your closet? Hey, what kind of skeletons does He-Man have? Every grown man wears short overalls. There you go. There you go. But no, I mean, like, so, yeah, you could say that. But as far as, uh, you know, and I've read comics my entire life, um, but never seriously thought about writing them uh, until I, I started seriously pursuing writing in 2016 as far as fiction and went straight for writing you know, novels because at that time I was probably reading more of those. But I kept writing about superheroes, and there was really no moment that I just decided I'm going to write comics because I, I still write both. I, I write novels. I've got one that uh, my editor and I have uh, just put on submission with uh, a few publishers. That's a whole other spiel about how to publish uh, prose novels. So I, I never quit doing one or the other, and I, I don't think any writer should. There's, if you're going to be uh, a musician, are you going to be a one-hit wonder that plays one instrument, knows one style, one song? I, I really loved the uh, the umbop, so I'm not going to be mad at that one. Well, sure, and if you and if you make it work, that's great. But most of the time, you've got to have a you know a few more arrows in the quiver. So as far as writing the comics, I, I think it really started when um, I just saw some shady dude on Twitter saying, I need a comic book writer and never tried to write a comic book before, you know, professionally or anything. But I just said, I can do it. Give me a shot. And he says, OK, uh, show me some script pages for, you know, this kind of story. I was like, great. And then I immediately Googled how to write a comic script. <laughs> That's the, you ever, you ever hear that fake it till you make it every single day. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's, that's what I did. And what I discovered about writing a comic script, there's no one way to do it. Everybody, you know, has their own variations. Uh, but I, I, I learned, I, I, I read books. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis has a great book on writing comics. Uh, I recommend as does Alan Moore. So you can read up how others do it. You can probably easily go online uh, or Bendis's book, for that matter, um, or Words with Pictures, has <laughs> examples of scripts in the book, or you could find examples of scripts online. And you're, what really surprised me is how short a, a comic script is, because you'll look at a final product of a comic with elaborate, intricate art designs, 
and the uh, the panels in a script are described often in just a few sentences. Um, artists that and writers that work together that really get to know one another don't have to say a lot, and and that's by design because a comic book uh, each issue within a volume is short. You have to be economical with your spaces. And when you sit down to plan the comic, what I call the first stage, it's actually what I'm working on right now uh, because I signed a new contract this week for a new comic project that we'll talk about another day. But (laughs) I, I sat down for the outline phase and I say, okay, outline issue one. Here's the beginning. Here's the middle. Here's the end. How many pages do I have to work with? In this case, it was 20. How many pages are the least that I could tell this story in? The least. (laughs) Don't tell your story over three pages for what would take one. Don't use 30 words when you only need 10. Comics, and this really does apply to novels as well. You, You know, you get more leeway. But you, that's going to fall into to telling the reader. You don't want to tell the reader your story, especially in official media and comics. You want to show them your story. And that applies for movies as well. You know, how you, now, now, Herman, you kind of mentioned you've not been into the, you know, the Marvel films as much. Have you, have you seen some Marvel films or super? Now the films I have seen, those I've gone to uh, almost religiously, but I do get caught up in watching them and, feeling I don't know the backstory as well. And I get dick. Uh, I said dick, but I meant dissertation. <laughs> and individuals like when they had, um, what am I thinking of here? Uh, Deadpool come out at the end of the X-Men who originally looked like the original Deadpool was supposed to, but then you have Ryan Reynolds and I am not, saying I'm gay, but Ryan Reynolds is a hot young piece of ass, and he looks good in his uniform doing what he's doing. See how I did that? And uh, the Deadpool series isn't anything like what it would have been for the comics or how the X-Men left it off. So I get dissertations from friends who go with us, see movies, but like, hey, this isn't how it's supposed to be. This isn't how it was. The comic books did this, and now you're seeing this, so it's a far left or right turn of what's going on. And so now I, I get impromptu education that I didn't ask for, and I was not nearly drunk enough to uh, have or even entertain. So I, I just kind of go numb in the light. Yes, and that's totally understandable because the X-Men have decades of this dreaded word, a word I kind of hate, in fact. It's the C word in comics, but not the one you think. <laughs> the C word, you know, the, and, and this—if if you want to play alphabet in a minute—the uh, C word in comics is continuity. Do you know why? It's hard to keep continuity and you keep changing the goddamn plot. Exactly, <laughs> it's impossible to keep continuity in serialized, long-running stories told over time. When the goal is to tell a story, you know, get month to month you're going week to week you're you're on a month to month lease with any book your book can get canceled at any time you got to keep the reader hooked now if you've got a uh, spider-man versus the green goblin issue 4 of volume 6 due in you know 30 minutes to get to the printers or you know you might not eat that week <laughs> and you forget that in spider-man um Volume 4, Issue 3, 25 years ago, there was a panel on page 2 that contradicts something that your character does in this issue. Yeah, that's that, That's not really, you know, that's, it's easy to make that mistake. The X-Men are very long-running characters. They are, they've really embraced their broken continuity at this point because there's nothing else to do except just embrace it. They have to. They're back to the prequel stages of the movie series, and it's annoying as shit. I, I used to let it bother me. <laughs> and if it bothers you, my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Oh, I'm no, already I, there. Actually... <laughs> 
Actually, now, now it's funny because now when I was reading stories, I felt like, oh gosh, you know, I, I would put on my superior nerd glasses to say, you guys just don't care about continuity or you don't know <laughs> about continuity. I, you know, I could do this better. And, and the fact is the writers probably know the continuity better than anybody reading the work. It's not that they don't know. It's that they have to tell stories. And at some point you just have to decide, am I going to put the story first or am I going to put an adherence to this holy writ of comic book canon first ahead of a good story? And the answer is not at all. You put the story first. There's nothing holy about a comic book and contradicting it will not result in, you know, exocomication. That is exactly what you do is put the story first. But you have to give it to the marketing theology that would even go behind it, whether it is predisposed to have that or if your contradiction to yourself and the story is inadvertent, you have a dedicated public and following that are not only watching, reading, and sharing what you're doing. If you contradict a storyline at any point in time, not only is someone going to catch it, they're going to bring it to light and share around. And it comes to the old adage of no news is bad news. Like it, every news is going to be good news. And if people are going to bring up, oh, you did this, but you said this over here, they're still talking about it. People are going to go back, find the older version, read where this said prior to this, catch up to the new version, and now they can understand what's going on. So really, I, I don't see in marketing terms, because I've been doing that for 20 years, where that inherently is a bad thing. You, you're essentially building in a controversy to have people buy more, read more, and be more enveloped in what you're doing, even if it's just to catch you on a flub. Yeah, and that's exactly right. But those people, and I was one of them, so I, I can say this, um, <laughs> they're kind of a small minority. So I it, I think when you become a writer, you just got to decide, am I going to try to tell the best story I can, or will I put this adherence to this made-up continuity first? And once I kind of realized that, I, I realized that some of my favorite comic books are not the uh, never-ending, ongoing, serialized titles. As much as I've always kept up with many of them, I, I think the best comics, um, and we actually did an episode, I don't know if it will be out by the time this airs, because we've got a few episodes to air before this one, but uh, Paul Jenkins was on What Happens Next in a recent episode, where he told us that his favorite comics are the ones that are self-contained. And I had to agree with that. My favorite DC comics by far are the Elseworlds stories. You know what I mean by that? I am going to assume I do, but I, the way I would take it on is uh, like uh, Thor, like Ragnarok. It's, it's not of this world. It's in other world. Yes and no. It means that it doesn't take place in the main continuity of the prime universe. Okay. So – my favorite, uh, some if anybody likes Elseworld or wants to read more Elseworld, best example is um, like Superman Red Sun taking place in a world where um, Superman fell from his spaceship as a baby in the Cold War Soviet Russia. Oh, shit. One of my favorite, but it's based on a premise that would be completely outside of continuity, right? Because yes. You don't have that. You you lose the Kents. I mean, you lose Metropolis. You lose all these things that make Superman Superman. And nobody can say anything or complain because you just slap a label on it that says, this is an Elseworlds story. And the freedom it, it, for that, that, that allows that once the, once the writer is allowed freedom, really fun things can happen. Mm -hmm. I can't argue with that. I mean, You've got sorry, I've taken a swig of a beer. <laughs> it's uh, the oh, freedom that's what we're calling it now. Right. Well, he didn't mind. 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all good on that. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the best things I learned going to college. Um, is freedom of being able to write what you want to write without restrictions. Uh, most people that listening know that I went to college and I have a degree in kinesiology, the human body and its movements. I studied more so than I think anyone else I know has studied beside those friends of mine that have taken the bar and actually some CPA exams. Um, but I had to still take English classes and writing classes in college. I hated writing in high school. I absolutely hated it. It, it. You are constrained to the writing the same things over, and it was horrible. And I learned my senior year of high school to say, fuck it, and just kind of touch on what they want to and expand on it. My first experiment with this was uh, we had to rewrite our own version of Romeo and Juliet in high school. And I made it into a uh, gang war. It was prostitutes and coke dealers, which in my eyes is still kind of what Romeo and Juliet was really about anyway. And I actually wrote, I think that was about seven or 10 pages uh, when I was, what are you, a senior high school, like 17? So I think I was that old. I ended up writing 20 some odd pages because I had to write two essays. And I learned that my teacher at the time liked that very much more than my actual thing. I got a B on my regular essay, and he kept my Romeo and Juliet Coke dealers as an example for his classes for the years to come. So I actually went to college writing like that and barely touching on what they asked me to and just going off on what I felt was a passion to me of that topic and really just going out of left field and writing some really great topics and i actually was uh talking to a lot of professors during classes after classes and still to this day who still use my essays as examples of what to use for them i think for a lot of people that were reading it it was something refreshing in a college class you've got what 300 people writing the same goddamn thing and you read it how many times it's mind-numbing so i just thought while you're saying all that penises no. <laughs> Say it again? Your mom goes to college. Oh, no, she didn't. She went to a fake college. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I miss college, man. That was a fun time. That was good. There was good people. There was a free-flowing well, booze. Know, I, good times. I, I liked my undergrad. Um, my, my master's program was... I, I couldn't enjoy it as much as I did because, you know, I had uh, a kid um, that comes out, that came out wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> but having a kid in college, like you, you feel like, okay, I, I can't stay out late and study. I need to get home or, you know, I can't really do the social thing with the rest of the class. But the staying out late is what got you the kid. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, it, it's a it, winning maybe, plan. Uh, <laughs> it, it did. It got and, and you know it got me my master's. So at least I got through that in history, right? Yeah, that was my concentration: master yeah. of master of arts, concentration in history. I'm gonna pretend like I didn't just Google that. <laughs> All right. No problem, man. No problem. I didn't do for the masters. That that was far far beyond uh, me. I uh, it's too much work for me. It's never I are too late. Uh, you know what? It isn't. And my brother just got his master's and uh, it bothers me. I was the smartest person on paper in the family. And now he is ruined me. Now I got a drink. <laughs> oh, man. It's all right. And thank you, by the way, for saying nice things about what happens next on Twitter and, uh, uh, you know, reviews and all that. I, I do appreciate it. So I'm glad I got to come on here uh, and talk, talk with you. I really appreciate uh, you, you uh, doing the same for me. It's a nice thing for those listening. Uh, we Jay and I don't interact in real life. This isn't like something that just we're pretending to know each other. We're actually learning each other right now. It's a fun conversation to have. And uh, Jay's fan base and Jay's work, it is fantastic. And just Google his name. I've done it. A lot of shit pops up, it, more so than mine. 
Uh, a fake ass dude popped up. I actually I googled my own name the other day to see um <laughs> d- to see what was popping up first, you know, to see what was getting the the most traction. And there was a fake Twitter account. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm like, what? What the hell, man? Like, I don't. This uh, <laughs> it was using you know straight up my name, Jay Sandlin. They added the writer at the end, but they didn't try to use a picture or even like a, a like. A, a display name that was me. They just took my handle and they, oh, it was a sketchy. Hang on. <laughs> I'm sorry to put you to sleep. I, no, I felt that yawn coming on. It was this sketchy foreign account. Right. And <sighs> luckily I immediately reported it to, to Twitter and they took it right down. But yeah, it was literally the second choice for me above my uh, Facebook page, which Gets me the least amount of activity for some reason. Because <laughs> Facebook's a dying on Google. But it's the first choice on Google at the time. Because they're marketing great. And then the great. fake J. But, but the fake J's Twitter was above the real J. And he'd only oh, tweeted shit. four times. How, do you, how does that work? Yeah, I got nothing on that. That is some uh, SEO magicry. Is that a word, magicry? Sorcery is. And magic? Magic? I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Um... I got annoyed when I, because unfortunately, I am not cool enough for people to try to impersonate me. Uh, you've got that one going for you. So I, I think that's a pretty cool thing. I am so unimportant that people are stealing my fiance's grandmother's friend's Facebook profile. I, it's never happened to me. It's happened to her four times, like in two months. I'm, I got no, I got nothing there. <laughs> got nothing for the, for the, the black market grandmother profile trade. I guess there's some demand, but I, I would not be a customer. That is not a Pornhub link I'm pushing. Well, but, uh, <laughs> they sponsor the show this week, of course. And, and then I will push it uh, at least four times. <laughs> and check us out on Pornhub at black market grandma. You, you know that's a fucking thing too. That's a gotta be a thing. See what happens when Ethel sets up her bingo circle in a shady part of town oh. and finds she'll do things she never imagined to make all the saggy ends meet. Oh, 69. <laughs> bingo. <laughs> Ah, uh, so bad yet so right. No, it's yeah. just bad. It's very bad. Uh, yeah, but the worse it gets, the funnier it is internally, and that's really all that matters to me. Yeah, uh, I think the worst that is for me is looking for a website, though. Uh, I wanted to. I didn't think anyone was going to have it. And Herman James is Herman alone is unique. Herman James brings it back to a little bit of normalization. Uh, so I went to go buy the website Herman James. I can't take it. It's some fucked up shitty artist. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. You, you got an alternative idea? Oh, I already bought it. It's the Herman James. I, I, I do it basically like uh, you see in the NFL when these guys win a half a year in college. The you. Like, that's what they do in the introductions for the NFL when they're talking about the O lines and D lines. And so I, I, I followed trade. I went to the Herman James works. I get it. We'll be all right with it. Definitely. It just one of those things where you can't do it. But again, I'm not cool enough to get impersonated. You got impersonated. The jackasses didn't even take like the picture of you that's already on your social media to impersonate you but you've still been there i haven't yet the worst i've got is uh someone hacked my uh checking account and bought a bunch of levi strauss so i'm assuming they're russians yeah, that, that happened to me that happened to me as well. <laughs> they bought uh, netflix subscriptions nikes and adidas so i guess somebody's chilling somewhere watching love death and robots decked out in their nike and adidas gear uh, on me congratulations yeah. asshole <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right. So you've got uh, some ideas for games. Uh, we did a little interlude here with one of the ABCs. Uh, 
the ABC game to me sounds funny. It sounds funny to me because there right. is yeah. the alphabet rap. And so that's kind of what I go with. So, uh, yeah, I am down to do some um, ABCs. So, do well, we want to context for your listeners? If they haven't checked out what happens next, you know, I already mentioned that we play improv games. Uh, and uh, talking to Herman earlier today about what we could do, I said, well, we could play an improv game on, on your show, you know, a little crossover here. So, what uh, the way that the ABC game goes is Herman and I can have a conversation. But we must speak the first letter of our first words have to be in alphabetical order. Do you want to start getting paid for listening to podcasts, especially The Rant? I know you do. It's free money and why not do it? Download the PodCoin app. It's free for Androids or iPhones. Use the code the rant to get 300 points right off the bat for downloading the app. You can turn the points into free gift cards for Starbucks, Target, and a whole bunch of other things. Things are added every day for doing what you're already doing, listening to podcasts. Download the PodCoin app or check out thehermanjames.com for links. And don't forget to use the promo code the rant for your free 300 points. So what do you want to talk about, Herman? You know what? Let's go with the uh, the end game coming up. Let's go with the movies kind of building up to it. All right. Because uh, you want to go you, you like, first what, for me. Uh, I'll let you go on this one because I can't think of uh, a good one. Actually, I, guess I could, but I'll let you go on it. All right. All right here we go then. <clears throat> All right. ABC game. Uh, we're going to see Avengers Endgame. Must speak in alphabetical order. Go. Avengers Endgame is going to be so filled with continuity errors, Herman, and I plan to notate them all for my blog. But the more you do that, the more you're going to get people hating on you for the things you pointed out they already knew. Can't be. Everyone will line up to bask in the glory of my genius, for I am an internet movie reviewer. Don't overestimate yourself on this one because everybody is now a cinema expert. Effin' posers, man. They have nothing on me, the end game noob owner. That's my handle on Reddit. Go check it out. <laughs> for real? That that that's what you're going for? Shameless plugging right there? Alright. Damn it, Herman. Why wouldn't I shamelessly plug? Do you have shame when you plug? Are you a shame plugger? Hey, I promote shameless plugging all the time. Do what you gotta do. Indigo. (laughs) Indigo (laughs) is the color of Thanos' skin, which is a comic book inaccuracy from the mauve shade of purple that he was traditionally depicted in by his creator, Jim Starlin. I'm going to make a special note of that first off. (laughs) Just because you know the specific colors and the shades of them is freaking killing me. I would have not gone that far, but you have. You can go that way. Kids, man. Kids see these (laughs) movies, and they're going to be raised believing that Thanos is Indigo. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Long live Thor. He's coming back. Back, he's got the hammer and he's taking everyone out. Commercials that look great, like Thor is gonna wreck everyone. Molnair, Molnair, I miss Molnair. <laughs> he's got Stormbreaker now, but that's not even really Stormbreaker. That looks like the ultimate Thor hammer from the comics. Stormbreaker was Beta Ray Bill's hammer. Why don't they care about continuity, those bastards? No one cares about continuity. That's what they were saying. That's how it works. You can write whatever you want to write and not have to worry about continuity because people like me don't read the comic books that much. Oedipus is probably the guy that you uh, model because you sound like a motherfucker right now. (laughs) Please. 
please, please come at me again and try that with something that can do it better. Because what's going to happen is Captain America is going to come back, save the world. We're going to watch Iron Man come down from wherever the hell he is and come and hang out with his wife. And yeah, his wife's hot. Quinjets. Don't forget the Quinjets. Right. Quinjets. Uh, what were the Quinjets? I, I couldn't even tell you. I remember what those are. So, more importantly, Scarlet Witch or Black Widow? Those aren't even coming to mind because you forgot about Scar Joe. That matters. Underwear, man. I, I, I have pictures of them in their underwear um, under the mattress in my mom's basement, uh, a.k.a. my house. Very revealing that your your mom came into the story. I understand where that one came from, but it, 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 the ScarJo pictures in her underwear and out of them. Yeah, I'm going to go to the movie. Want to come over after for some meatloaf? X-Men going to be there? Yes. Zenzanite. <laughs> I am seen. What an excellent ending. You you had the hard ones, man. You had the Z. You had, playing it uh we playing it double. You know, we usually have four or five people playing these games. So back and forth like that. Yeah, you got the hard ones. I didn't know that would happen, but uh I'm glad it was you. Very, very good. I give you, I, I give you 50 parsecs for taking all the hard letters. On your first try. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I appreciate the parsnips. We'll be all right with that. Can I put that in a pipe? Sure. Um, And then you can smoke it along with anything else you put in the pipe. And then you'll just be smoking what's in the pipe. Yeah, I I, I don't (laughs) know. Because the parsecs don't matter. (laughs) You sound like my mother now. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, well... (laughs) That must mean you're getting turned on, so I should probably leave. Then it'll make you less like my mom. Oh. Okay, then. Okay. <laughs> so we did a nice in nothing to do with Endgame, but I'm assuming you are very well versed in the theology that came up to this uh, Endgame, correct? Well, repeat that. Sorry. It's all right. In terms of the end game coming up now, I I would assume you're probably more well-versed than I would be as to what's going to happen in the movie. That's probably why a lot of the producers and everyone's asking people to don't wreck the end of the movie when the comic book has been out for decades, I'm assuming, at this point. No, I mean, it's going to be a different story than anything that's been in comics. They're doing their own thing, and I've really tried to stay spoiler-free. So, uh, you know, there were some leaks that I didn't pay attention to. At this point, all I know is that, you know, there's the world after the snap, and the Avengers are going to – the remaining Avengers, with now with Captain Marvel – are going to do something to go back and, and and stop it or stop Thanos, you know, restore the people. Uh, they're going to make it all right. We know that they're going to do it. That doesn't seem to be in question that the heroes are going to win. No. Uh, we just want to see how they get there. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I'm interested to find out. Yeah. And it, the funny thing is that you see a lot of media and coming out about it, about asking people not to do spoiler alerts and things of that nature. I'm not a spoiler fan. I don't care to read about things before they happen, see things before they go there. Cause the point is I'm paying $13 at least to go watch it. Why wreck it before I go in the first place? I want to be surprised about what's going on. And it's not that I am a, you know, cinema master exquisite in- individual. My favorite movies in my favorite series, hands down, without a question, is Fast and the Furious. It is okay. the yeah, it's the best suspense of reality because a majority of what's happening isn't real. You can't get cars to do half things they're doing in the real world, and the experiences they're doing isn't anywhere real. It, it's not going to happen. So those to me are great mindless entertainment. 
and people that want to talk shit on the Fast and Furious take it way too serious. Vin Diesel's not that tall. It's all right. So I really enjoy this series. I mean, what is it said? Uh, I mean, 40, 40, I think two hours. It would be the watching time if you wanted to watch all of the movies right up to the end game. And that would be um, a lot of farts on one couch, <laughs> one sitting. For, oh. I mean, if you're watching with me, at least, you know, in mom's basement. I really went back to a South Park on that one. We called Cartman oh, yeah. called mom in for the uh, the bedpan. Mom, give me the hot package, mom. <laughs> yeah, I want them chooser proofs. Oh, those are great. Why don't you suck my balls, Herman? You do that really, really, really well. <laughs> hey, I'm not short. I'm small boned. <laughs> I like festively plump. <laughs> Pleasantly plump. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, those are great. I, I remember back in the day, those were good downloads to have as well. Uh, we use those quite a bit when uh, my brother and I were the. Uh, Leads of a RPG for wrestling. Well, uh, wrestling is a big, uh, you know, passion of mine. Uh, not so much for lately. I've not really been that into the current product, but I have, you know, for my entire life. Yeah, it was a good thing growing up. Uh, we enjoyed it. Our father really enjoyed doing, doing it, watching it. My dad would also break his shit. But, uh, <laughs> it was Who's always cool but wrestlers uh growing up uh, i think my brother was always into bret hart and uh the hbk heartbreak kid over there Shawn michaels was great i always loved the undertaker and the fact that he's still alive is killing me and the pun's not intended but it, it is there the dead man lives yeah didn't the paul bear guy die yeah, Percy Pringle did pass away. Yeah, sadly, it, it's it's a weird, weird industry, and I got really uncomfortable and upset. Uh, it was this week actually watching uh, John Oliver last week tonight when he did a whole special on the WWE. It that is it was mind blowing. Did you happen to John see that Oliver. one? Yeah, I, I, I've heard about it. Uh, it's not, I, I have not had a lot of time to watch TV or even read my, a lot of my usual titles that I read weekly. I've been struggling to keep up, um, but I'm, you know, making the podcast and uh, working on um, maybe two to three writing projects at a time. Um, even I, I had to get some off my plate. So I get it. I, You're better than me about I it. it. I don't really know what was said. I heard it was disparaging and it's like, well, he said, she said, and I, I really don't care. I, mean, I, I really don't care at the end of the day. He, well, you know, he can have his opinion. Doesn't have to like what I like. I'm sure I don't like some of the things he likes. A lot of it had nothing to do with uh, the likes and dislikes. He admirably condones wrestling, loves it, loves the entertainers, loves all of it. Just didn't like that they don't get retirement or healthcare, and that they're ten ninety nine employees. So, what's that, wrong with that? Uh, that's that's how I've done all the jobs that I've had. I'm not even a wrestler, but I mean, that's just a form of uh, employment. Yeah, you you don't get the retirement or the healthcare. You get the option to deduct things that W two employees can't. Which, if wrestlers really had to sit down and do the math and decide which one would save them more in the long run. Uh, I mean, I can't answer that question. You would need an accountant, (laughs) but it's, it's a trade-off. Well, either way you go. And for whatever reason, it's never caught on in the industry with any of like the major names for wrestlers to have that. It's usually guys that you hear about wanting it who are, you know, maybe did not make it or now I'm sure that that's not, an absolute statement. Okay. I'm sure you could find an example somewhere. There's always going to be examples that you're going to know. Yeah. I think, I I think one of the biggest stars I heard in favor of it was Mick Foley. And that might've just been at one time. I'm not saying he was always a proponent of it, but none of the big guys get behind it because they probably know they might lose money 
if they changed over. So it's business. I don't know how that's unique to wrestling because there's plenty of other uh, professions that are, that are that way. Uh, as far as why it's unique to wrestling, uh, I don't know. Um, you, you might know this. How do, how do professional sports, are, are those 1099s or are those W2 employees for professional athletes? I, they're W2 employees from my understanding. They are an entity that are owned by that actual organization. And that is an issue within itself because it, people feel that it's modern day slavery. Uh, and that, that transcends all races, all ethnicities, genders, everything, because you can't do X, Y, or Z because essentially the company's paid for you. They own you and your likeness. And so, that's where the disparaging comments come in between professionals, collegiate athletes, and then you come into things like wrestling where it's it's a gray zone. It's not quite an actual athletic profession, even though they take more of a bodily toll than anybody else is going to take. And that's including football, where you're going head-to-head and literally head-on-head collision. Because I don't know about anyone else, but Nick Foley was... What suplexed off the top of a cage into a table full of uh, freaking thumbtacks, and he's still walking around. So yes, that's just crazy. But then you got you have Ric Flair who has no money. Well, I don't think anybody would say that Ric Flair having no money is the industry's fault. Um, you know, there's a great series. Uh, it was on Netflix, and it, I think it might still be there. But ESPN did a good documentary called Broke. And I, I think the main problem is having is, is that we have an education system where people are not really taught how to manage money. We Correct. can add numbers, we can divide them. But if you put a you know, relatively young uh, professional making you know, minimum wages or even not even living on his own, and then suddenly make him a millionaire, whether he's a W-2 employee or a 1099 independent contractor, He's not likely going to know how to manage that without help. And I, I, I do know that WWE has offered um, financial training, you know, for all their employees. That's I think it's mandatory. I don't know if not, it's available. Uh, I, I definitely don't agree with the hyperbole about the slavery. I think that's for some ratings. If you're, uh, I, I'm a contractor with a, a major company in my day job, and I know that if I sign the deal going in, I get the benefit of working with this brand name, as wrestlers do with WWE. But with the benefit of a brand name comes severely reduced freedom. That's just that's just what you know going in. Agreed. And I think it's uh, it's a uh, afterthought of like, okay, well, I'm going to do this because I'm going to get paid. And then they're like, well, shit. Now I can't <laughs> I can't ride a, I can't drive a Ferrari at 140 miles an hour because that's not already you have a the the rapeophile Ben Roethlisberger who says he can't ride a motorcycle because they pay him too much money. Right. And for WWE, I think a lot of the wrestlers sign the contract at a time that they have nothing, build a name value, and then start thinking, why do I have to have my hands tied when I have this great name value? But would you have had the name value without the WWE in the first place, most of you? I mean, Correct. And I am not a legal professional, but if there was something contractually binding you to that did not be able to withdraw something or to be able to benefit from it, uh, it it's understandable but if it's on your own negligence that's on you and, and i understand where it unfortunately as a country we have to placate to the dumbest individuals that's why we have shitty laws that go that route and i apologize for kind of really hard left turning and digressing off of our fun topics but I feel that's kind of what we have boiled our country down to is the weakest link. We have crappy laws and rules and regulations for that weakest link. My favorite thing about professional athletes and millionaires, whomever you actors, I don't care who it is. Why the hell do people get DUIs? How the hell do they get? If you are making a million dollars, what every six months for a lot of these athletes, if not more uh, movie mm-hmm. professionals as well. Why the hell aren't you having someone drive you around? 
you know, I, I don't know, but I would have to say that getting hit with that much money and that much, you know, perceived freedom, you may never know what you would do until you're in that situation. And uh, one thing about the wrestling business now, it was probably harder in the 2000s when WWE was really the only game in town for these guys to make a, a good living. And that's not really Vince McMahon's fault that his competition all went out of business. Well, that actually I mean, is his fault. He, he bought them all. Well, that was after the fact, though. <laughs> <laughs> after the fact. No, but, you know, he, he wouldn't have bought them if they hadn't been up for sale or going out of business. So I, I could see in the past how it would be a lot more frustrating uh, to be a wrestler. Now there are more viable options than ever. And that's only going to help the wrestling scene. And I am very <clears throat> excited about AEW wrestling. Um, I'm also excited about some wrestling-related projects for myself in the near future this year. Oh, are you no, getting a singlet? I, I, I won't be lacing <laughs> up the boots. Although, although uh, eight years ago, I did go to a wrestling training camp. And, oh. and I did do the training. And I was pretty good. In my opinion, I had a good uh, first night. Um, didn't have a second, but you know, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. I did get to take. Well, I didn't have a second night because it was a one night open clinic. And you know, oh, okay, back. now okay, yeah. They, they offered a free clinic, and I had friends working in the local promotion, so I decided why not give it a try. But it wasn't something that I could really pursue further. I was involved in. Uh, starting some other things and I just I couldn't afford to get injured at the time as I most <laughs> likely would have because I, I at this point I definitely have no business doing that I might have had a good shot back then or maybe when I was you know 20 probably would have been the perfect time because I was studying martial arts back then so I was in <laughs> probably better shape but that being said, I'll, I will be doing some things in the world of wrestling. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm going to have to get going and start working on some. Uh, I got some new deadlines because I sent in a great outline uh, for this new series I signed with and uh, just a little behind the scenes peek for how the business works and how important communication is. Uh, they, I, I worked not a long time, mind you. It wasn't like weeks of work. It was a few days of some intense work trying to hit uh, a deadline. I got it turned in. I sent it in and I get the email back and I'm all excited. And they say, we love this. This is great. We can feel your passion. So interesting. Unfortunately, it's not at all what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it, I just oh. laugh. I say, okay, well, let's find out what, what did you want? You know, maybe we didn't have that clear in the beginning. Maybe it was me, you know, reading something that you wrote and interpreting it a totally different way than you intended when you wrote it. So let's clarify. What do you want? What do you not want? And when you're, this is back to the beginning of the show, when you're a work for hire, you're really like the waiter, the, the comic book editor that, you know, whoever you're working with will basically say, here's what, here's the menu. Here's what I'd like and how I'd like it. And if you come back after he orders a hamburger and bring him the best lobster thermidor that anyone's ever tasted, yeah, that's a great lobster. He's still going to send it back because it's not <laughs> what he ordered. But after so, he ate like 80% of it. Yeah, well, maybe so. So, Herman, <laughs> the next time you're thinking about going after, and anybody listening, you know, the next time you're thinking about uh, pursuing your dreams, always plan ahead, read up, do your research, make it smart, don't quit your day job right away. <laughs> and never stop trying and try your best also to find me at jsandlin.com for all the latest what happens next podcast we've got some great professional comic book writers coming on future episodes with uh more improv games whose line style like i got to play with herman and uh check me out on twitter at jsandlin underscore whn instagram and facebook and uh keep an eye out this winter for my debut graphic novel series. Herman, I nice. hope you'll have me back again and we'll talk about that. Hopefully we'll have you back soon. There's no hopefully we'll have you back soon. And don't forget to check out Jason on Amazon. Check him out over there as well. Buy the books he's got up there as well. Thanks, Jay, for coming in. I really appreciate you uh, gracing me with your presence. I, uh, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully you did as well. Absolutely. 
If you're one of those people that is going to go see a movie that has to recite every single line that's different from the prior movie or if the sequel and it doesn't line up correctly or you read the book and it's not the same as the book and you have to cut off movies and tell people everything you know that's different why that should be this way or it should be that way you're ruining the experience for other people stop it you're not fun you're not funny you're not educating anyone on anything that they want to know about. If you are with people that want to have that conversation, wait till the end of the fucking movie. Wait till it's over with. Talk to them afterward about it. And if you see that glazed look over their face that they're probably going to get, stop talking. You're no longer entertaining. No one wants to be around you for doing that. Go to the movies to do what you're supposed to. Have a suspense of reality. If you were so personally indebted and thrown into every individual movie because that's what you chose to spend your life doing that's on you that might be great for you that might be a wonderful thing that you can do for yourself that doesn't mean that everyone around you has to be subjected to your bullshit that you're doing with it great you know everything about everything for every comic book every movie every character all of it you have backstories that are never published because you read some blogs and some things that were done by the authors and the graphic artists and the director great people that are with you are there to suspend reality have a good fucking time enjoy the hour and a half movie they're paying 13 dollars to go see shut the fuck up stop talking during the movie stop pointing out the errors stop pointing out the fact that there's no continuity we just talked about this it's hard to have continuity for decades of a comic book ever written you're trying to get sales and trying to keep people entertained at the same time but you know it's not entertaining to people you sitting in the movie theater you talking over every fucking scene and you pissing everyone off around you that's with or not even with you yeah you go to movie theaters all the time. You hear the crinkling of all the wrappings from all the candy people are doing. You hear people talking, answering their fucking cell phones. That's bad enough. What's even worse than that is having that going on and having that guy sit in the goddamn theater talking through every fucking monologue that's going on saying how it's wrong. It should have been this. Booing during a fucking movie. It's not a fucking theater where people are on stage. Why are you booing? Why are you chanting? I don't fucking understand it. They can't hear you. They can't see you. You look and sound like a fucking idiot. Sit down. Shut up. Everyone paid the same amount of money you did. Actually, you probably paid less. You probably got your student discount, even though you're not a fucking student. Fuck you. You need to understand that movies, radio, TV, books. A suspense from reality. Suspend yourself, suspend your reality, and understand that's what you're doing. You're having a good time in a world that doesn't exist. If you want to consistently live in the world of reality, watch a fucking documentary. Go to documentary festivals, read fucking non-fiction books. Have a fucking blast doing that. Point out where history is inconsistent. Point out where that author got something wrong. Don't point out where a fiction author, a comic book author, a graphic artist, a director got something wrong because they took their own twist on things or they just blatantly disregarded a scene or a monologue from a prior movie somewhere within that same movie or the entire series of movies. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift for example. No one gives a shit. They really don't. They're out there they're enjoying the movie, they're enjoying the scenery, they're enjoying everything going on because that's what you're doing. You're paying to be in that situation. You don't go to basketball games and boo because the prior game before that, someone got a foul, I didn't carry over to this game. That's not how it works. That one's done, this one's here, go for now. Quit being the asshole that has to know everything, that has to piss people off that has to correct everything and if you're at home doing it and you fucking pause the fucking movie you will not have people back over sit down and enjoy it because if it takes three hours to go through an hour and a half movie people aren't coming back to your house they're also not going to invite you to their house they're not going to invite you to the movies because no one wants to deal with it no one wants to hear your shit movies are just that movies not reality once again Enjoy it because if you don't and you want to correct everything, correct yourself because you're going to be home alone in your mom's basement.
Well, that's all the time we've got for this episode today. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for sharing. I also want to thank Jay for coming on. It was a lot of fun to have him on the show and play the games he's got on his show for what happens next. Make sure to check him out at jsandlin.com. Don't forget to check out his Twitter at jsandlin underscore WHN. All of his links are going to be in this podcast description, so make sure to click on that. Check him out. Hyperlinks will take you to where you want to get to. You'll also be able to find him on thehermanjames.com. He will be the featured podcast for this week as well, so make sure you check him out. You'll also be tagged in all of our Twitter facebook myspace that's right myspace as well as instagram tweets don't forget to check out my other friends on the no phony podcast network that's the no phony network.com and don't forget to check out the herman james for all of your podcast needs including your podcast social media marketing checklist get your podcast game up grow your social media audience and get your listens up in the process Don't forget to check out PodCoin. You're getting paid to listen to the rant. Why not? You're going to get free anything you want on there, of course. You're already doing it. Why not get paid for it? Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait to be in your ears next time.